Hello everybody and welcome to the Daily Bounties Meaning of Life podcast on episode 20 and the, the subject today is how to keep going when life is shit. Um, we've been away for a couple of weeks, uh, Vaskin you've been travelling, yep. um, I've been sick uh, and working because obviously the election is on full swing and that is uh, probably making me sick uh, having to cover that um, but anyway so it's good to be back. And um, yeah, again, let's um, hope. Hopefully, we can talk about a subject that is of some use and isn't politically focused and isn't gonna make give everybody an anxiety attack. Um, I've been feeling quite anxious recently because of the election. Um, anyway, onto the topic, Vasquez. Um, how to keep going when life is shit. What we decided, we talked about what we talked about what we were gonna talk about. So, why did we come up with this subject? Um, because I think. Everything happens in cycles, and I think we're all well familiar with having wonderful illuminations and feeling like your life is on some in some kind of harmony, like mm. on a Sunday night, or and then you hit Monday morning, and then you like life is shit. Yeah, and then it all goes to shambles, <laughs> basically. Have you been feeling recently that life is shit? Uh, I've been definitely having challenges. I mean, I, I just as you were saying, I, I got back from a month of travel, which like. You just can't do simple stuff. Mm. Like, you can't even grocery shop because you're just in and out of, you know... And you're eating, a, eating at crappy yeah, restaurants. Yeah, exactly. And, and, like, you feel like you, you're not really master of, you know, this is... You, you feel like you're, you're, at the, you're at the whims of, like, other people, right? Mm. You know, you're, like, schedules and so forth. And it's very hard to, um, to kind of rein it all in and, and pull things together. So, yeah, I've definitely been feeling it of late. And now I'm at the point where I'm like, okay, I need a plan. Like, I gotta, I gotta wrestle it back. I gotta take charge and take control of my life back. Mm. Um, um, do you what do you, do you have any particular strategies for keeping on going when things are shit? Um, I think what generally happens. I don't know. I've never actually thought about whether I have a plan or not. But what generally happens, I, I maybe I can talk it through, and maybe some something will emerge. But um, first, I acknowledge what I'm feeling. I, I recognize it for what it is, and I, and I try not to judge it, mm. and I try to figure out. Okay, you know, it, to actually just sit with how I feel and acknowledge that, okay, I feel futile, I feel powerless, I feel simply physically exhausted, I feel, you know, just to do kind of an inventory mm. of, of how I'm feeling physically, mentally, spiritually, all those things. And then as much as I can, and this is, I think, the harder thing to do, but the critical necessary thing to do is to try to remind myself that it's not a permanent condition. That there's no... Because it's so easy when you get pinned and stuck down mm. that you make it about something greater than what it actually is. Mm. You know? Like, instead of just thinking, oh, well, actually, I've been traveling and working very hard and not allowing time enough for myself mm. to recharge with, with my joys and hobbies and things that I like to do, that suddenly like you can easily the mind can easily go to a place where it's like oh i'm having an existential crisis or mm. the world is going to crap and make it external or blame other people mm. politicians the world you know traffic whatever mm. right so this is the harder part but i think it's gaining some perspective of a it's not a permanent condition and b there's always something that i can do in terms of trying to to put together a plan mm to get try yourself to change. out of, yeah. of that situation yeah right. yeah that's that's i think that's very solid advice and i think that i don't i don't know anybody who doesn't go through these things on a on a you know daily hourly basis almost you know it's kind of like the modern condition really these days is a perpetual state of anxiety and and uh not being satisfied with stuff like wanting more you know job is not good enough want more money you know career's not going in the right place what the fuck does it all mean that kind of stuff um which is again why we're doing this podcast because we're <laughs> we're here just to say everyone we're here doing the hard work we're trying to figure this shit out I'm not saying we've we've got it sorted but i think maybe you've got a couple of ideas um and it's definitely something that um uh, yeah, I've certainly grappled with it as well. Um, you just think, well, what the you know? Is this all there is? Is this what mm -hmm. we're here for? To buy, yeah. you know, yeah. to buy electronic consumer goods, and right. do you know what I mean? Um, work, 
to make money. Sometimes I, I, I do genuinely love what I'm doing. Um, I love, I love, uh, you know, running my website, doing podcasts, teaching martial arts. I, I do love all that kind of stuff. But sometimes you can get, I get fixated on, you know, don't have enough money or need more money or, you know, look at what the what are the metrics for the success of my website or the podcast or you know what I mean. Uh, we should be doing bigger numbers, even though even when you know, like we had a great, we've, we've been doing very well actually on the banter, like we've been having a very good few months. Um, then it this, the the anxiety then switches to something else. It could be like, well, the traffic's not as good as it should be. We should be doing more. We should have more subscribers. We should have. There's always something. There's always something that you want, you know. Um, and I think for me, like being able to identify when I've gone down that path of like wanting, wanting more, wanting something else. Like this should be more. I should have, you know, I should have more. I should live in a bigger place. I should have a nicer car, nicer neighborhood. That kind of stuff. Um, as soon as you start going down that thought part I, I've started to try to recognise that as fast as possible to be like alright okay my mind is is, is um, working against me here because once you go down that path it can be that's where the, the state of anxiety comes in that's where the dissatisfaction yeah. comes in I, and I that think, can lead to sort of be, think, feeling like life is shit so I think I think this is like I think a, a very tr- tricky thing is so I think we, we become the creation of our own intention over time. Mm. We, we become essentially the, the being that we become or that we are is really an accumulation of where our intention is going mm. at every instant. Some of which we're aware of, some of which we're not aware of. So I don't think there's any, I wouldn't pass any value judgment for those who say want to lead a country or mm. want to lead a corporation. That's simply where people, there's people who put their intention there and, and that's not, it wouldn't be suited for me. Mm. Should I be so fortunate to achieve such an aim, it, it would not be, it wouldn't be right for me. Yeah. Because that's not, because whatever you're, you are the intention, whatever, wherever you put your intention, you become almost a creation of or a slave to that intention. Mm. So, so people who seem free or we think are free, oftentimes are just simply bound by other things that we, we don't. Don't see. We yeah. don't see. Like yeah, yeah, a politician yeah. can only speak in certain parameters mm. and cannot speak freely or authentically. Um, or, or a head of an organization might have to make decisions that are not authentic or true to themselves or maybe betray them their true or authentic self, et cetera, mm. et cetera. I'm just saying, I'm using this as an, as an example. So I think that I think the toughest thing to do is to know where our intention is aligned with exactly who we are. And I think that mm. that's, that's the tougher. And then to be okay with that. Mm. So to say, okay, well, maybe I'm not as ambitious as the world is telling me and surely society is telling me at every instant that you should be yeah. yeah yeah but then to not have guilt about it i think is is very especially in this society it's very difficult yeah that's an interesting one um the guilt for like sometimes i'll take some time off and just be like i'm not doing anything and there's a voice in my head that says you should be being more productive you should be you could have used that time to go and yeah it's a very like like self uh you know lacerating i think you know, Puritan work ethic, whatever you want to call it, but it's this perspective that the reason we feel like our, you know, our grace is in our hard work is because you have, if you believe that, you have to believe the opposite, which is our natural state is just like slovenly kind of, you know, being, you know, worthless. Hmm. And, and for me, I struggle, I can't buy into that mindset because I think that we're already innately, I believe that people innately create People innately want to be productive and create. Create stuff. Yeah. 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 Like that nobody, I think it's, it's this, you have to adopt this idea of the universe where like human beings left to their own devices are, are just parasites and that the entire civilization would collapse because no one would run, you know, sewage treatment centers and no one would mm. make art and no one would, you know, like, but I think that people innately have a spark in them to go and do, yeah, to do it, something. Yeah. In know? the right, you know, I mean, again, um, We've talked about this a bit, but I was in Peru earlier this year, and I visited this tribe uh, down in the Amazon, um, and I've never seen wealthy people in my life. They were the wealthiest people. They, li- you know, they live in pristine rainforest. 
there's a river, as much fish as they want, as much fruit as they want. Um, and what do they do? They 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 create things. You know, they make art. Yeah. They sing and dance and create. You know, they have lots of kind of. There's lots of sort of tribal stuff that they they do and interaction with other tribes and ritual and. Um, didn't get the feeling that anybody there was lazy. Yeah. Or, or but the, I don't think that concept would have made any sense to them. Sure. You know. Yeah. Being yeah. A, lazy only exists in a like a, when you measure things as if by like a like a society that depends on create or productivity. Right. Yeah, creating things. Right. Like yeah. the value of a person is their mm. product. You know, economic output. Mm. If if that's how you measure a person, then of course, then those who create or or have the perception of, of adding more value are the more valuable human beings. Mm. You know? So, of course, societies like that, there's not, you know... But it's a very inhumane way of looking at the world, right? Because, and it's kind of why we denigrate, maybe not consciously, but surely subconsciously, the vulnerable. Like, it's mm. just kind of like, like, we say little old lady, you know? Like, it's a kind of just a, a term that is like we cast off very easily. Mm. That, you know, there's not this, like, veneration or this kind of special place for those who are... It's almost like the old have outlived their usefulness. They're kind of past their prime. Yeah. As opposed yeah. to those who have something, you know, to show us and teach us and that kind of thing. Yeah, which is sort of the opposite of what a lot of kind of... I'd say most societies. Societies, except, yeah. yeah, who honour the, the the elderly and, and um, they're kind of revered. and You, you know, you never disrespect them or... Um, yeah, it's kind of sad how we what we've done yeah i think for us it's interesting because it's like almost like a, a unholy marriage of a number of things like i think the north american mindset perhaps maybe anglo culture is like this too you'll speak better to it than i can but like there's an almost at least in america there's a there's a willful amnesia almost like like america for better and worse is about this place where the past doesn't matter so much mm. and that has obviously also been our detriment but i get the sense that in english culture there's actually a much more stronger sense of rootedness and tradition and lineage and you know so I you'll, you'll be able to speak, like is that does that translate to the taking care of the elderly or is it similar no, to that like, I mean, similar to the US you know you, you, you see it happen in um, the total neglect of the elderly uh, loneliness is a big problem I think um, I have a friend of mine who works for an organisation in the UK who you know goes around and keeps elderly people company because their families have just completely like forgotten about them and uh, you, you know cast them not cast them aside but yeah don't really pay them much attention but it's interesting that that sits side by side with a culture that very much is connected to its past I see I thought that was a, a, it's a, like it's a, a relatively modern it's a, mod, it's a more modern yeah. phenomenon you know I mean yeah. uh, this, this our new system our new kind of uh, rampant capitalism um, is is you know we've had it for what fifty years or so, uh, and it's been unbelievably destructive of of like family units. And It'd be interesting to see what's happening in China if people are kind of I would growing, uh, yeah, like, like uh, doing the same thing. Same thing. Yeah. I mean, I'm I'm sure that it's probably worse now than it used to be. I mean, I'm basing that off no, I don't know anything, but but I would imagine that that. If they're using, if they're under a similar kind of economic system, um, and they they have a similar kind of materialistic ideology, then that's generally what happens. That you, uh, after a while, they they become the values of you know that becomes your value. Economic, right. you know, ma the market becomes the kind of arbiter of of how useful you are to society. Right. You know, are you making money? If you're not making money, you're not useful. If you're old, you've made your money. Or, or, you know, or you're, you're basically now a burden. It's interesting. I mean, I, I find, I mean, if you were to do a study of this, like, um, and we've talked about this theme in the past a couple, it's come up a number of times, but this idea of, it seems like we're, we're, have built a society that disrupts every kind of base, normal human um, sense of being. Mm. You know, um, our stories are not really our stories. In fact, we don't even create our own stories. We just... Our myths are basically like myths that are kind of piped in from New York and California by other people. Um, yeah, and we don't. You know, I don't think we know a, anymore. It, it, you know, 
the, the mythology that we buy into is the, is the is the economic model, right? You know, that's the sort right. of the be all and end all. That's the the hand of God, you know, the invisible right. hand of the market, which is God, basically. Yeah. There's there's others. I mean, there's multi. Yeah, it's layered, right? Like because mm. we also believe in ourselves as having this special mission and the special mm. torchbearer to the world, and, mm. and you know, always defeating some type of evil where it may exist and so forth. Like there's, I mean, there's there's I think like discrete layers which are all related, mm. but there's certain, definitely certain um, myths that we kind of, national myths, I guess we buy into, but I, I just, I guess I mean, mean it more from a sense of like, we don't often, most of us don't have the time, privilege, or even if we have the time and privilege of taking advantage of, of this idea of being able to, to kind of craft a culture that's not one where we've just kind of consumed in an instant by clicking on something or bought you know mm. it's it's, mm. it's this i think an idea I, the reason i think of this is because i just saw like in, in one of my posts that came up recently ironically on facebook was like this advertisement and i don't know how the algorithms are working like on suggested ads and stuff but it was like this school for bushcraft have you seen this thing yeah probably it's like a local school where basically you go and it's like a like a, not a paleo in the sense of I'm just gonna like not eat rice. It's like truly paleo in the sense of like you go and you build pottery and you make your own clothes. Yeah, that and... I think that's the kind of stuff I Google. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I don't. I don't yeah. know how they like. I, I've been like out and kind of getting closer to nature recently, so maybe they ran their kind of mm. Zuckerberg's algorithm like said, hey, you might also like you know build making your own sandals out of deer skin so um but anyway like um i think of that i think of like i bet it was expensive what's that does the school i actually didn't look at the price i should sadly now anything like that costs you think so yeah you've got to pay to go and learn how to use our natural environment which is madness right well it makes sense right i mean now that's like i mean i say i say it's worth it pay the money you know you know it's better than that than Right, spending an entire day on Facebook or something. Yeah. You know? Anyway, I was just thinking like like that is a there. There's a whole culture that comes around, um, or there's a there's an interaction that happens in building a culture when you are actually a have to build all that stuff, of course. But then, but then doing so when you look often at the artifacts of of whether it's you know Greek civilization or Native American, it's like. The utilitarian things themselves are inscribed with like stories, and mm. they themselves are. It's not just a vase that you look at, right? When when you look at a Greek like vase, you're not just looking at like a thing that held wine that someone bought at a, you know, ancient Bed Bath and Beyond. It's more mm. like the thing has is a repository of something more. Like we now study, like kind of oh, this is the reason that that the images surrounding it are such. Anyway, all I mean with this is, is just to say that it seems like what we have we're not even truly aware of the degree to which other people intercede in our base normal human affairs Mm. you know be they hearing stories from the elderly be they knowing what our own stories are be they um making love be they sharing you know a, a moment with your family or friends like all this stuff is like it's just there's just so much more baggage now to it and mm. other people are involved in a way that have never been ever in an unprecedented way. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it makes it tough to, to getting back to the theme of, of um, what do you do when you're feeling shitty or when life appears shitty? Um, I think that if you don't understand what the root cause of it is, it's going to be, you're going to have a hard time coming up with any solutions. Yeah. The default will never give you, the solutions will never come from buying more stuff or from from um taking part in in it or you know taking part in a system that is slowly <laughs> destroying it. i think it, the, the the sad truth is socially like if you have enough money you can solve all these problems like you can you can not work and you can basically go and spend time basically unplugging and doing whatever you want and seek out the things that will give you harmony but most of us 99% of us don't have that option, so we have to... Well, I don't know. I mean, rich people, I think, probably just as miserable as everybody else. Sure, but I'm saying they at least have the, like, An quick, quick means of, like... Yeah, like, if getting you, like, out. Yeah, because yeah, I could right now craft a plan, like, and say, okay, I would need to do this, this, and this, but mm. then you also have to engage with, you know, a 
system that in order mm. in order to earn like a living to make money and feed yourself and shelter and clothes and all that stuff mm. like you have to you have to kind of you know you have to like shake hands with the devil so to speak and like kind of play a part in that thing that's giving you disharmony to begin with you know mm. so so then you're always chasing it and so i think like for those of us who don't have the means to like just go and get massages six hours a day and then like meditate like there's there's we got to come up with a way to like kind of win our win our win our harmony or sanity back you know yeah in the midst of that you know going off on a tangent here about meditation um that's something that i've been doing we've talked about this before in the podcast like i'm i'm a regular meditator who sometimes falls off the wagon um and got in stops for you know several days or even a week or how so. long do you meditate when you meditate no i'm doing, doing 20 minutes mm-hmm. a day you know most days now um but i do that now because i ha- i i i have to i feel like i actually have to like right. i've got you know um i have a pain condition i have a what's called fi- i'm not sure i'm familiar with this but it's called fibromyalgia which is a pain condition so i get uh, and i suffer from migraines too um, and basically I'm, you know, it's anxiety, stress and stuff like that is, is one of the major, you know, that's one of the things that will activate it will make it worse. So I, what I found is through meditation, if I can, if I meditate, um, if I keep it up, I get the pain is significantly reduced. It's interesting. Yeah. Why? Because it's clearly something to do with my state of mind state of mind right you know and and um i've that's that was i've through my experiences with uh ayahuasca that's what that was showed me as well that that it was a lot of my pain the pain that i have is comes from you know it's just it's a mind state so m- meditating for me has been quite useful in that in that it actually slow i get like three or four hours of cut of clear thinking it's weird it's really crazy that's amazing i do it that's and i'll great. get like yeah. You know, I wake up in the morning and my mind's going like, oh shit, well, I've got to do this. Got to yeah. Do that. You know, I yeah. look at the script, look at my, oh, I need to find stories. I don't want to write about that. I can't stand writing about Donald Trump anymore. You know, <laughs> um, this is horrible. Um, and then I'll, you know, I'll do a meditation and I'll come back and be like, okay, I need to, I feel clear in my head. I need to just get stuff done and, um, you know, go and do something that I enjoy doing. You know, train, go and, train go for a walk read a book whatever it is um so i would highly recommend that again i've talked about this before but i can't really recommend it enough uh would be finding the time to meditate you know and not being ashamed about it yeah you know look yeah. uh, yeah i mean i can't i'm a you know my friends would laugh at me back in london a lot of them would probably laugh at me. Some of them probably, some of them wouldn't. Interesting. We get older, they're like, oh, yeah, interesting, you know. But right. a lot of my friends would be like, oh man, you're such a, <laughs> such a hippie. But at the moment now, it's like I don't care. I don't really care. I'm gonna make time to do to meditate. It's and interesting how like you're talking about fibromyalgia. Like mm. it's a, um, and pain and so forth. Or like something bringing you to that precipice of, mm. of forcing like the universe almost forces it, your, it's forcing me it to forces do, your hand to kind of to turn do, to, to help the, yeah um and i think it's similar like i think that like getting back to kind of like like acknowledge what you're feeling because some for some people it's panic attacks for other people mm. it's depression um whatever but the universe is telling you like you have to take some make, sort of action make, take some action do something make some changes yeah and you have to find that life raft of like calm Serenity, yeah. sanity, mm. and that nothing will change until you find that person in yourself. Because mm. otherwise, you're just gonna kind of it's gonna same things gonna happen. Because 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 what it can come if you don't interrupt the process, it compounds. Because then you feel crappy. Mm. Then you don't get anything done that day because mm. then you feel guilty. Then you get more stressed and on and on and on and on. You know. And I, I think what one of the reasons why people have a hard time getting out of these cycles, these ruts, is because that our, our culture is um, what what you might call left brain dominant, right? It's the analytical mind which is favoured in, in Western culture. So we're taught about rationality, about, you know, 
you know, look at our economic system, everything's very binary, it's black and white, it's profit or loss, you know, it's yes or no, it's multiple choice, you know, it's uh, materialistic, it's built on, on, a, on kind of, um, it's a very sort of uh, masculine, analytical way of looking at the world. Um, and we've been taught, I think, in our philosophy, um, in our culture, that that is a superior way of analysing the world around us. So that the right brain, the more emotional, intuitive sense that you have, um, is almost kind of well, you know, yeah, it's, it's being, supporting it. Yeah, it's like, being like a woman, right? Yeah. It's feminine. It's mm-hmm. like female, and our women are all crazy and that kind of stuff. Um, but that's half of your brain. That's half of your entire personhood. Is like. Uh, is emotional is um senses things it it it, it kind of um interprets reality in a very different way yeah and we've been taught to sort of completely so, deny that like, so it's interesting because i feel like this is actually like oh we just to take something small and like explode mm. it into something really big like i think that's the central problem with the world right now mm. is that people are obsessed with this analytical idea of like well, you say you want justice and peace for all, and you say we want a world where we treat all human beings, regardless mm. of gender and even species, all with the same dignity they afford. How are we even going to get that done? What kind of economic system does it look like? What happens to the financial markets? It's like, it's like all these ideas, like there's all this, when you, when you hold up ideas that we in, in our sensing, our intuitive side knows we need to do, mm. the analytical side can absolutely always rip it to shreds. But that does not. We we let the analytical kind of overrule dominate. exactly. Yeah, to dominate, right? So you you come up, you have an idea, and you think about something, and then your left brain takes over and says, "No, no, no, you can't do that." Look at the where's the profit in this? So you haven't got enough right. time. There's a whole load of things that you know list the problems that it will come up with. Right. Exactly. Well, you don't listen to your intuition and say, "Well, my intuition is telling me to do this." Right. So right. fuck it, I'm just going to do that. Right. And um, I think that learning to listen to the intuitive side of your brain or your intuitive self is going to be important, right? If you want to get yourself out of whatever rut that you're in, you know what I mean? So if you're in a rut, like what do you, what do you, what do you feel is going wrong? Like yes. what, what, what does your intuition tell you is, is the problem? Very true. Okay. Yeah. And it's most really of the time you're going to know deep down, you know, really what the problem is. You yes. know, you might, it might, you're going to analyse it and say, well, you know, I need to get up 20 minutes earlier and I need to do 20 push-ups and I need to write it down in a journal and I need to, like, you know, have an eating plan where I have a certain amount of carbohydrates to a certain amount of protein and all that kind of stuff. You know, this is right... This is... Uh, I'm, like, a big fan of... I used to be a big proponent of that. The, the, every day that passes, I'm a big proponent of you. you got to toss all that. Like, plans are worthless. Yeah, I don't write, like, I don't write like, shit down. I don't I mean, write I mean, anything down. I don't write, I don't take notes, I don't take, I don't have plans, I don't have a diary, I don't have a schedule, I don't have any of that stuff. I think it's garbage. I yeah. think all of it's garbage. Just forget all of that throw stuff. Out, throw out the David Allen getting things done book, throw out the planners, throw yeah. out the David, like the Covey stuff, it's, it's, they're all garbage. It's m- mechanized, boring. Yeah, way. I think that the mind rebels into, like innately against that kind of stuff. Look, okay, I'll pause right there and it's self-edit. I think there's a certain type of person it works for. Yeah, I'm not that type of person. But then, but I think that most people, maybe these people think that it works for them, but they will spend a lifetime ignoring the other side of their entire personality. Very true. Like for me, what I what actually energizes me is spontaneity. So like I am much more excited and happy, and feel more creative and mm. produce better when I feel unfettered and I feel, I my schedule is more of a canvas like I mm. has it's malleable I can mm. move things around when I feel overscheduled or even if there if, if I write even 10 things that I actually normally enjoy like mm. I would love to do the moment they're on a list I just, my mind just turns off because, I don't want to do yeah, that yeah, it yeah. sounds like garbage yeah. even yeah. if it's stuff I enjoy yeah so rather than writing and catching a wave of like I feel like doing this right now I'm going to do it mm. you know yeah, and and that's an impo- I think that's important to get better at, list- at doing that. You know, what do you feel like doing? You know what I mean? Do you feel like going outside? Fucking go outside. You know, do you feel like whatever it is? Whatever it is, just listen to that. I think it's it's become harder. I think it gets harder the, the older you get, and I think that it's partly because of our society. There's you know there's the time poverty, the concept of time poverty, which 
generally is applied to um, women globally spending most of their time just basic, like the idea that, that you're spending so much time taking care of your natural affairs. But I want to kind of adapt it to like our lives, which is like we are resource rich and time poor right now, mm. you know, in our society. Like we have ostensibly like enough food, clothing, shelter, mm. but we all feel like we just don't have enough time to actually enjoy mm. the things that we have all the wealth we've accumulated for. Mm. And I think that that's, that's getting worse and worse. Mm. And I think that, um, but just, I was, I was just thinking through like, um, Oh, I lost my train of thought, but, um, but yeah, I mean, it's a powerful way of, of, um, I, I think it's a, it's a very powerful way of, of, uh, getting yourself out oh, of the rut. Okay. Yeah. So here was, here was my, what I was, was trying to go with that is that, um, it's this like sense of, um, we, we kind of are, I think are like, we're, we've become obsessive to do list writers and the productivity mm. industry has gotten so big mm. because of this sense of like feeling like, okay, I only have two hours free maybe a mm. night when I get home. I should at least like cram all, all the stuff that I feel like I'm neglecting into those two hours and somehow those guides or, or you know, to-do lists or whether it's Tim Ferriss or whoever else, like... Mm they're going to help me basically cram everything, my, my life's special mission into two hours a night or something like that. I think that it's a, it's a, it's almost like a, it's a, it's a byproduct of like a world where we just don't have chunks of time to devote to, to all the things that our souls really want to undertake. Yeah. And, and, how, and then how do you, I think you need, an, you, what you need is an interrupter a lot of the time. You need, an, you need to interrupt whatever rut you're in. Uh, when you're when life you are feeling that life is shit, you need to do something to interrupt that, you know. And like I, I, you know, one of the things I would say definitely would be meditation. If you can try to get that going, um, five minutes, try five minutes, you know, then try ten minutes, you know, and try and stick to it. It's a not, it's a nightmare in the beginning. It's really difficult. It is. Very you, tough. you tried. You done much meditation? I used to for many years. Yeah. Lately, not so much, but it's something I definitely need in my life and. It's funny whenever I plug back into it, it's it is like it is kind of a nightmare. It's like uh, because your mind is on these different gears of like digital. It's like works at digital speed, mm. which is completely Contra- just, Yeah, it's absolutely destructive to like natural speed. Yeah, yeah. So digital speed is like, and I'm a freaking. I love digital speed because it's like I'm a curious person. I love you want to keep reading yeah, things, yeah, and, yeah, yeah, and yeah, like yeah. I love it. So it's for my own brain, it's really bad. But but then when you try to like go to natural speed, so so we went bird watching this weekend, mm. and initially it was very frustrating. Mm. I was like, I just it, where the birds, where the birds, yeah. you go. You know, you become like very goal oriented. You become like, what am I doing here? It was early on a Sunday morning. Nightmare, and, yeah. And, and it's just like, you're like, what's even the point? Like, mm. I'm going to see, like, a, just a bird. That's a, really, why am I here? So then, like, as time passed, and we, we were with a guide who knew what they were doing, thankfully, you realize that actually, it's more, you have to approach it with a more like, I'm here, I'm patient, I'm waiting. Nature will produce a bird. You wait for it, and then you just observe. And then that allows you the space to actually appreciate its beauty. Because mm. then you look through your binoculars, and you actually notice the nuances you notice the markings you mm. notice it crawling across a branch eating berries then it sings a song and it flies off but but there's these like what what was normally a very frustrating chaotic e- experience that mm. didn't really deliver any kind of value becomes this moment where you witness something beautiful that you normally would never see mm. because your attention wasn't there mm. you didn't have the the speed for it you, you weren't matched with you know, and fly fishing, it was very similar to fly fishing, actually. Like, fly fishing is similar. It's like, if you go and you're like, I want to catch fish, and you're just thinking about the meats by the pound to take home, it's going to be an endlessly frustrating day. But if you are just willing to kind of be receptive to what nature naturally is spontaneously going to either give you or not, mm. then you... But it's funny, because that, like, that is what life is. Life is about spotting the bird or catching mm. the fish. Like... Mm. It's but just you have to about be, how you're approaching it. And you have to be... You, it's your state of awareness, right? Your ability right. To, to hear things or sense things. Um, that whole podcast on listening skills, right? Mm-hmm. About, But that's a mind state, right? Being able to listen um, 
is a mind state. You won't be able to hear hear anything if you're not if your brain is. Uh, I think this your brain just works at different frequencies, right? You, you know, so yeah. you you at, in a high paced tech and you know you're working from Facebook and cell phones and TV and you know going out drinking in bars and whatnot and you know in modern life, um, your brain is attuned to not hear much at all outside of right you know yeah. the stimulus that you're that you're exposing it to right so um there's a really fascinating i saw a fascinating documentary on this woman called um anna i think it's anna Breitenbach. she's she's a renowned animal whisperer mm-hmm. right so she's in the south african woman and she claims to be able to communicate with animals and uh, there was a documentary on her and it was you know, pretty mind blowing mm-hmm. because they the film crew are with her, they go around and they testing her what she's saying. Like can she actually speak with animals, you know? And I have to say, as a skeptic, I watched it and I thought, okay, something's going on there that we don't understand. You know? She she there was an animal sanctuary I think in South Africa, right, where they have abused uh, animals. And uh, she got asked to go down to this to the sanctuary, and uh, the owner said, "Look, I've got this. I think it was a leopard, and the leopard was would not integrate would not integrate with any of the other animals. It stayed in its cage, would growl at anybody who came part it came near it, uh, and it'd been like that for for since they got since they got the animal. And the, this Anna Breitenbach came to the sanctuary, and apparently looked like you know she's." telepathically communicating with the animal and then says, okay, look, um, he's been abused by, you know, he was in another zoo where they abused him or whatnot and uh, he's worried that, you know, he's going to be asked to do things he's not, he doesn't like in this place. And I've assured him that that won't happen. And obviously, to anybody, a Western mind, that's complete madness. Yeah, right. It's complete enough to madness. Right. And the owner of the zoo was like, okay, this woman's crazy. But immediately, the leopard was fine. Right. Completely ease, fine. Yeah. At ease. Yeah. Reintegrated back. It yeah. brought the owner to tears because he was like, I can't understand how this is happening. And she did it over and over and over again right. in this documentary. Yeah. Specific details about an animal's past that she could not have known. Sure. And the owner of whatever sanctuary it was was like, yeah, okay, that's we know that that's what happened. Right. Um, was but she, high function, high highly functioning into intuition. Intuition, and what she said afterwards, she's like, "Look, everybody, she believes that everybody has that these abilities to communicate on a certain level with with animals. It's just that we we've we've forgotten that." Oh, I think we've all, I think we've all at some point in our lives known something that we couldn't explain why. Mm. I mean, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not saying that she is talking telepathically to animals. Yeah. I've got no idea, but. It does seem to me, but but indigenous people say the same. They say the so, same so thing. I think, uh, yeah, I think that even in our own lives, though, like haven't haven't you ever had an experience where you know something that you later find out, but you somehow knew it? It's just like you couldn't explain how yeah. you knew it. Yeah, but you yeah. knew it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and I think that we all we all know what this is feels like. It's just I think that we don't ever. It's like any muscle. It's like we don't ever. Um, Pay attention pay to t- it. Pay attention to, to it, or yeah, yeah, or, or develop or it. You know? Develop it, or it's almost trained to not pay attention to it. You're almost trained to sort of deny it. Deny it in the face of oh, let me see analytical proof and then make my decision, as opposed to yeah. kind of yeah. going from your gut. So yeah. Speak, what does the know? data show? Like yeah, right. you know, I thought this. Maybe happened. I should reserve my opinion. You mm. know, maybe I'm misreading things. Maybe I'm misjudging things. Mm. Um, and you know sometimes we are wrong our intuition can also be wrong but I think we probably are more self-critical of it than we should be mm. um, well that's because we we're, the, the current paradigm the scientific paradigm we live in denies it and says it, it can't exist you know there is no telepathic there is no you know because what is intuition would, would, would um, infer some sort of telepathic ability right oh yeah i mean taken to its extreme it could be a very scary world where you it's like okay like where is the objective measure of anything like should our leaders be the most intuitive leaders and if so how are we going to pick them yeah you could could kind of go down a rabbit hole but it's funny because the answer is it's not one way it's like you will you will intuitively also know how to set conditions right so like Hmm. you know it's not as if 
to buy into a world of more intuition doesn't necessarily mean that you're blind in it. You know, everybody is more actually empowered. Mm. Like think of a world where everybody was telepathic, right? Yeah. We probably wouldn't need the laws we have. Mm. We probably wouldn't need the level of, think of how much money and time and resources we spend keeping secrets from each other, Mm. you know? Within families, outside mm. of families, within communities, let alone between countries. You if you could I mean? just see what somebody like, thinks, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that would be pretty Instantaneous, crazy. Globally, yeah. imagine yeah. that. Like yeah. that's like we're all like bees and ants, basically. Like tomorrow we have, we all get a. We high wake mind. up and it's like I can see yeah. what yeah. What Presumably you're that's where aliens are at. I don't know. I can't judge. Like, <laughs> I, I, I haven't met one, but yeah. but like you know, I mean, it sounds like from what we hear and experience, like if mm. you were to be a civilization that peacefully, like you had the technology by which to destroy yourself 10 times over, but you chose to, like, use it to kind of voyage across the, like, solar system, presumably mm. you're thinking on a level that you don't have to spend so much time and resources worrying about what, you know, the other tribe across the mountain thinks about you. Right. You know? Right, right, like, right. It's right. like, that's already been settled. You're, you're functioning at a, at a kind of... Higher level yeah. of awareness. Yeah, yeah. But, I mean, perhaps that is a some sort of... That we, that is an innate human capacity that we just our culture is completely denied and completely swept under the carpet. I'm not saying either way. I I have my suspicions that I I, I suspect that intuition um, is a lot more of a powerful um, sense than we give it credit for. And I think that the fact that you ha- I mean the the testing for it would be I don't know how you would even test it. I mean they've shown that you know. They have shown that that um, people know you know when you know who's going to give you a going to going to call you, you right? Know? Yeah. And they've shown way above statistical chance that um, there's a guy Rupert Sheldrick who does these studies on on um, knowing who's going to call you before they call, and he's shown that that it's above there's a it's above a random chance. Oh, there's also like I mean people have all had the experience of knowing when someone we love is in peril danger, or, yeah. Or something terrible has happened. Like yeah. we've all had those moments. Yeah. Um, or had a dream, mm. and then and then something it, happens. It, it happens. Yeah. Um, I, I think we've all had, and I think that this is why there's still some space for this stuff, even though it's been relegated to kind of like the new age and all this stuff. Like it's mm. been very compartmentalized. But I think, I think our society still believes in it to some degree. But we just it's not the norm. Uh, but, but it's an it's an innate part of being human. To it believe, isn't. To, I mean, to, there to there was a, there was a gorgeous. Uh, photo spread I don't know if it was National Geographic or where it was but it was about Central Asian this guy who was a shaman in a Central Asian tribe mm. and they showed him just kind of frolicking amongst wild animals like mm. there was a picture with him with a hawk he was playing with wolves there was a bear at some point mm. and the whole article was basically about how like in this culture what is revered is is the connection that individuals have to their natural world and like to be a shaman is the ability to commune in the animal realm and the spirit realm and the, like mm. you basically just as we're talking and conversing mm. that that extends beyond just the boundaries of human of interaction, human interaction. Yeah. And, yeah. and it's about you know that you can collapse those you know to 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 like to your point like to build trust with something mm. beyond your your human language right you know, right, right, right be able to right. read things and communicate back with, with you know that might not necessarily be be um, described as language uh, but it's some sort of form of communication, you know, right. the intuition yeah. is how do you, you know, is it, if you have an intuition about something, if you have, you know, some feeling about an event that's happening, is it, is someone, is it like words that come to your head? No, it's, it's a sensation. It's right. a feeling. Right. Um, and I think that that is being able to pay attention to that. I, f- I feel we've, we've kind of gone off course a little bit. I think, here, no, but, I think we're like, actually we're, we're coming. We're, but, we're, but there we're is a point to, to it. I think the point is this, I think like, that intuition, if you if you if you kind of build the muscle and mm. then you turn its gaze to yourself, the answer is, is well you will like that that's what you need to do to get through the shit that you're going through is right mm. there. Yeah, you you ha- you have these answers yourself. You have these these. Um, I'm always amazed with like intuitive people who just they have no self doubt about their own intuition. Because I'm not I, I I'm a fairly intuitive person, but I believe. But I have doubt. Obviously, in my Western train, I have a Western trained mind that doubts, that says eh, maybe it's because of this, and because you, you can be wrong as well. You can have an intuition Absolutely. about something, and it can be Absolutely. wrong. Absolutely, yeah. You you're know? like we're not like intuition doesn't mean you're a soothsayer. Thus, there has to be the yeah. moment where you you could be wrong. Yeah, you, you could be wrong. Right, right, right. And then your the Western mind, the the, the right, the left brain mind comes in and says, um, 
oh well that must be bullshit then it must mean that that this whole intuition thing is nonsense it, I don't think it does at all I just think that it means it's a lot more complicated and right. it's a lot it's a lot more um, you can't grasp it quite as easily you can't put it in a box you can't make an equation out of it or write a scientific paper on it you know? right. um, but I do certainly rec- you know I think that well like, med- like for me meditation helps me get to that space it helps me get to that well, I can just quite everything else quietens down, and you can just list. You've you're finally at so after a few minutes, you know, after like for me about twenty minutes, I'm like, ah, okay, I can now think clearly. I can sense, and that's like the bedrock for intuition because it, it mm. you're listening, your field of vision expand. Mm. Yes, exactly, yeah. exactly, and that's where you sort of want to get to. But to get there, you, it requires a discipline. You have sure. to be disciplined about yeah. this stuff. Um, but I feel that you know people don't really have much choice these days. I mean. You either take control of it or you don't. Yeah, I agree. I think I think that if you don't take charge of it, you're lost at sea, basically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Like you, you know, it it could be very. I mean, I think that I think it's 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 almost like to to like I don't mean to be too draconian, but it's like sanity and, and insanity, basically. It's like if you if you don't try to do something to rein it in, the default is going to make you miserable and it's going to make you unhappy. Yeah, and that and it's a choice. It, it comes down to the fact that it's a choice, you know. Um, uh, depression, anxiety, stuff like that, is um, it's a choice. It's well, I mean, some like to be fair, like there's there could be clinical, physiological, right, but underpinnings but, but, to to mental illness, right? I mean, but but they will have a, been, but they will have been as a result of a series of choices that you made. Maybe, man. Sometimes, like people, like are kind of struck by lightning so to speak and it's like something is happening to them that they don't have control right, over but right? you but you can control how you respond to that you know how you respond to devastating circumstances not everybody right some some people they lose that essentially right right like, but it's, it's, and it, but this is not like a judgment this is not a moral judgment on anyone saying like oh well you chose to be depressed or you chose to be anxious right is once they when when they're in that state when they're depressed and they're an, and they're anxious, you know I've got the utmost sympathy for for for, for that. And I think that you know to, I wouldn't judge someone and say, oh well, you made a choice and you're depressed because you made. a I choice. I guess maybe here we should draw a distinction between manageable mental illnesses and then those folks who have things like schizophrenia, things like you know actual clinical yeah. physiological and and, and, like, and it, it it might be that the the choice you know much more serious. Um, uh, stuff could, can be, you know, done to childhood traumas and things that were done to them. That when you're a child, you don't have the ability to make rational choices over. You don't have the ability to choose your way out. You know what I mean? Mm. Um, I mean, I guess we. I'm talking about kind of general. Yeah, no, general I, I just want to make that distinction. Yeah. I, I agree with you. I like. I, I guess we're talking about mm. just to like, so we don't get a flurry of emails. Like we're talking to be clear about manageable yeah yeah of course of course yeah. of course i mean you, you know you talk when you start going you know childhood trauma yeah, yeah. And abuse sexual abuse that kind of stuff that's a totally different kettle of fish right, right. um but but i would say that yeah that, you know anxiety things like anxiety things like depression um you, you ha- i think i believe that i believe that you have to choose your way out of that you have to choose your way out of it um and that means trying to pay attention to the to, to your own you know intuition and to, to listen to what what is the lesson of this anxiety what is the lesson of this depression what does this mean that you should do right you know right if it means getting help get get help it's a choice right you make a choice to get help right that's a that's a positive step towards sure. lightness right as opposed to saying, "Well, I'm depressed. There's nothing I can do about it. Yeah. That's just me." Yeah. You know, and then well, then what? Then then it is you. Then that's then you make a choice to stay with that. Right. You know, it's not. I'm not saying like you get depressed and you wake up and be happy. It's like, well, just be happy. Of course, you can't do that. Yeah. You can take it, steps. It's, it's 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 challenging because it's it's like you have to. I think a necessary precursor to that is re- realizing you're not your feelings. So like, almost having a you know, golem type conversation with yourself mm. of like the dark you and then the one who's trying to bring the other you into lightness. You mm. know, and it's like that to realize that there can be that conversation mm. that the dark you is not just yeah who you are. 
And it can start. Look, I mean, and I'm a, I'm a big um, proponent of small steps as well. Yeah. You know what I mean? Right. Like ha- if you're overweight um, and you you uh, you've got no motivation to go to the gym, you'd be ashamed of going to the gym, and people are much fitter than you, and there's a long way to go, and you get scared about doing hard exercise, about grueling exercise. Right. right. And I, I I understand that. You know, like. I understand that people are are, are um, can get very anxious about going and doing ec- hard exercise and being embarrassed about their bodies or being you know not wanting to deal with how they're going to feel the next day. Yeah. And I would say you, you just got to start small. You just say right, I'm going to take a walk around the block. And I'm going to take a walk around the block every day. Right. And then once you do that for a couple of weeks, you say all right, well I do that every day. I do a walk around the block. Now I'm going to add five push-ups and then walk around the block. You know. Just small baby steps to get yourself back on a on a on a you build. You right. Know? You have to build happiness. You have to build positive ha- good habits. You have to build them. They don't. You can't just like switch to being a vegan overnight. Yeah, it's funny. You know? I, I I think you're like I agree hundred percent. I think like it's this is where like the digital mind has to be turned off because mm. you're not going to get that like insta instant results. Mm. And 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 if you are that's what I think can be very discouraging to us regardless of whatever we're trying to change in our own lives. Whether mm. it's like you're trying to lose weight, you're trying to get a you know, better job, you're trying to, you know, get accomplish more in your current job, whatever it is, it's like that instant you know, Why isn't it happening right now? Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah, so, yeah. And and that's yeah, I think that's a that, uh, it's anxiety inducing, you know, and yeah. I I'm not saying that it happens to me, you know. Yeah. I remember I stopped meditating for a while and I was feeling pretty shitty and I'm like, you know, I need to get back on meditation but crap, I haven't done it for a while and I'm out of practice, it's going to be crap when I do it and it was, I went back to doing it and it was like not I, a good I meditation. I think like we, we all would like get a lot farther if we did just did something simple which is, okay, I'm going to take it back, my comments about the list but a very short list can fit on a post-it note. Identifying the singular most important thing whatever it is, be it weight, whatever, what all these things, whatever it means to you is to give yourself the permission to act on something, even as small as it is every single day for that thing before you do anything else for anyone else, mm. I think is, can go a long way mm. because what happens is like you subordinate that gets like thrown into your list of like, I got to make oatmeal and dress myself and get out the door and then you just mm. kind of crap. Mm. So it's like that, that, to first give yourself the permission to do that before anything else, I think could accomplish a lot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, I, I 100% believe that, you know. But, it, you know, the the whole just starting something, just start, just starting to do literally anything, Yeah. you know. Maybe it's, maybe it's, I, I, going for, literally going for a walk is one of the things I think is right. like. Right, oh, absolutely. It's highly, yeah. uh, it's undervalued yes. in our society, yes, you know, going much. for a walk, Yes. you know. Yeah. I started doing that with um, with my wife. I'm like, right, we're going for a walk, you know. Right. And she would be, she'd be like, oh, I don't want to go for a walk today. And I'm like, be pretty. I'm quite pretty obstinate about it. And yeah. I'm like, well, we're going for a walk. We're going, and then we've done the walk, and she's like, oh, that was great. Yeah. You know, once you've done it once, you can the habit. Once you build the habit, right. It it, it gets better and better and better. Right. You know, so you can just go for a walk without stressing out about it too much. Right. You know, light, gentle exercise. Um, but uh, well, listen. I think on that note, um, hopefully we've we've covered some good ground there. I think uh, we have. Yeah. yeah, and leave comments in the comment section um, if you're listening to this. Um, and uh, we're gonna start. We need to start uploading this stuff on YouTube as well. So so um, look out for us on YouTube as well. We'll start. We're gonna start a uh, meaning of life uh, YouTube page as well, and um, maybe make some sound bites out of this stuff as, as well. Uh, anyway, thank you very much for listening, and we will be back next week. Bye, everybody. All right, adios.